Hey, it's Flaves, and this is Climate Changers, a podcast where we celebrate the heroes who are on the front lines of creating a new and sustainable resource and energy economy. Today, my guest is Jan Skoldhammer, founder and CEO of Noweg AB, a wave energy converter that uses ocean waves to generate energy. Hi, Jan. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Pleasure to be with you. So you've had a really interesting career journey. Could you talk about the experiences that brought you to focus on developing wave energy? Well, my background is uh, perhaps a bit unusual for this work I'm doing, but I have an education as an, as an officer and an economist. And I've been flying aircraft from a major airline in Norway and Sweden for 25 years, SIS. Then I did a real estate uh, business for some while while flying, came out well, and had some choices in life, you know, what to do now continue flying for 15 years or do something more sensible. But I had this patent ID, among other ones, laying in my drawer since I was 25 for wave energy. So I waited for them back for like one year. And I thought, what the heck, I'll, I'll go for this. So I resigned in, uh, in SIS, difficult uh, decision though, and started uh, developing wave power. And what makes you think that wave energy has the, the potential to become a viable source of stable energy? It's, uh, let's say, three main elements that for the given sea area you can get twice the amount from wave power if it's the, the correct system and also it is much more stable uh, than uh, wind power for instance it's uh, the base load so-called is about two to three times uh, more stable and if you combine wave and wind power together the base load is up to uh, almost 50 percent depending of course location Wind power alone is often down to 10% base load. You know, so in those hours where there's no wind and no sun, that's 40% of the hours of the month, then we're burning fossils to the damage of the climate and also nowadays to a very high cost. In those hours, you have wave power. And of course, people can say, now we'll just have uh, wind power and sun power plus storage. The storage is also better storage. It's expensive and sustainable and not possible at scale. So there we are. So it's fossils, which we can replace with then green or blue wave energy. And then how does wave energy fit into the overall global energy system? The potential, according to IPCC and IEA, is that the potential is the same as the annual uh, production nowadays of electricity uh, worldwide. So there's a huge potential especially on the west coast of the all continents, uh, basically, you have a huge potential for waves because the earth spins around anti-clockwise and the wind likewise. So all on the west coast, you have the best waves, but also possible, uh, definitely, on the east coast of, for instance, US, you have also good waves coming in that way. As you talk about the overall energy system, waves can be used alongside wind and solar, both to increase the overall energy output, but also offsetting variability due to seasons and weather, right? That's correct. Both actually wind power and wave power is stronger uh, in the wintertime, less so in the summer. But then, of course, you have solar, which has the opposite as a strength uh, more than the summer. So they are complementary in many ways. And our solution is, the, is a hybrid with the PV panels on top, 700 square meters. So we can extract more wave power in the winter and more sun power in the summer, but also, of course, at the same time. So in that way, 
it makes sense to you know combine them too. And of course, they can also be co-located with wind power offshore using the same cable going into land, for instance, or you know the same grid. And then it, it matches in very nicely in the energy mix. You talked a little bit about the geography, about which areas are best suited to capture and transmit energy. But what impacts does harnessing wave energy have on the nearby shorelines? For the oceans, first one have been doing lots of tests and so found uh, uh, no negative impacts on, on the, you know, the ocean environment, fish and, and uh, everything living in it. And what you can do also for, for instance, California, which has the problem with shoreline erosion, you put our units uh, along the uh, coastline, uh, like a band of sources, if you like, then you can dampen the the uh, waves hitting the shoreline by by thirty percent, and those thirty percent are of course very important because it's uh, it's the highest percentage of the wave with which the more with the most energy. So basically, what you extract from the waves into the energy wave energy converter is what you uh, diminish or lower the uh, the uh, waves on the downwind sidewind. So it's definitely a good combination in those areas where that is needed. And let me also mention, since we now have rising sea level, then of course the cities are even more vulnerable for large waves. So can we dampen also for other areas where there's, you know, not today a problem, it might be in the future uh, a relevant way of, of powering both the cities with short, uh, uh, let's say, subsea cables, and also dampening the damaging higher waves coming into the cities. And let's talk a little bit more about how you actually harness wave energy. What are the different technologies that you've explored and what are you developing now? There are many sources or, or systems which have you know, been in development stages for wave energy. So far, very few have succeeded. The reasons uh, are uh, you know, many. But let me divide them into, let's say, energy sources. Some of them are extracting energy by the particles in the waves going forth and back or up and down. Uh, the waves are going in a circular motion. And the other ones, like ours, is by the laws of Archimedes with air in the water, which then is pressed upwards. And what we have seen with our you know, um, calculations, quite accurately one, is that if you go by the particles, you need 30 times the area in the water with metal or whatever you have to extract the same energy as with uh, air in the water with Archimedes. And the ones using that are, you know, uh, oscillating water column, uh, the attenuator and overtopping devices, for instance, many more. And, and so far, they have shown to be not economical. There are a couple of ones uh, using Archimedes, air in the water, which uh, at least have more output. But then comes into the, the case, the complexity and the weight of the system, the cost to you know, produce, et cetera, et cetera, which also is, is, is important to you know, extract energy in a sensible way. And how do you actually anchor the buoys to the seafloor? Well, our system is used like this. It's, uh, it's uh, consists of three uh, parts, all, all very well proven. It's a large rectangular float. In our first edition, 38 meters long, times eight, times four meters. It lifts 600 tons uh, in, in a wave of four meters. In the middle, there's a cylinder, and the piston rod goes down to the seafloor. And on top of the unit is a Pelton turbine, 
the hydropower plant. So when the wave is lifting, we have uh, water in the cylinder being compressed in the lower end of the cylinder, pressed upwards to a tube, and hitting that Pelton turbine, the water turbine, with up to 300 kilometers per hour, up to 2,000 liters per second, two tons, if you like, per second, and spins that uh, turbine around up to six megawatts in the lifting phase. And average output, you know, uh, if you have waves of, for instance, five meters, you will get close to one megawatt. But in a normal location with, you know, more moderate wave conditions, the average output would be something like 250 kilowatts in this edition. Can be much higher later on if you go in the larger floats and larger system, but this is a nice starting point. And what needs to happen for wave energy to become profitable? There are two things. First of all, the system you are developing needs to uh, have few parts, as I say, simple parts, light parts, and well-proven, durable parts, and and then show the to have a huge you know energy output. Um, that's you know the basic system has to be right, and then we need a learning curve. Same as with wind power. Wind power started at, at 50 or 60 cents per uh, kilowatt hour. And, and uh, now it's down to one-tenth of that. And same also with sun power. And the learning curve is quite steep in the beginning. So we are starting ourselves at about uh, 20 cents per kilowatt hour. And then after about um, 100 uh, kilowatt, no megawatt in the water, we're down to uh, half of that, about 10 cents. And then, of course... At least in Europe, wind power, sun power has received huge uh, subsidies for many years. And we're starting at one third of the cost of wind power and sun power or less. But we expect to have subsidies and also the spot prices now are very high. So even if you go by spot prices, you can make a profit since you are actually powering the grid when there is the most need. Uh, when there is uh, no sun, and no wind, then the spot price is, is very high. And that's when also you can, you know, deliver wave energy uh, profitable or by subsidies of kind, some kind, capex or, or uh, opex subsidies. And what future innovations do you see on the horizon that will help scale waves as an important source of electricity for the future? I think what will happen is that uh, we and perhaps some other ones will have the, you know, the full scale pilot in the water. Uh, in some years, uh, for our case, in three years, it should be deployed outside Spain, most likely. And once we deliver what we promise, what the uh, simulation and tests so far have shown, I'm saying sometimes that my, my phone will change color from black to glowing red, because then there's so many that wants to have this come into the grid or to the islands or whatever. So I think it will, will almost go by itself when we have proven those numbers. Uh, and I think the the business side will be the catalyst. If utility companies solve their problem, if they make a profit, if oil and gas companies uh, want to transition to something which is new and, and also solve the climate issue, then it will happen very quickly in my mind. And what challenges and obstacles have you faced while developing and scaling Novi Ocean technology? And how did you overcome them? Well, so far, uh, it has been going uh, very well. The, the first uh, prototype uh, worked uh, basically from day one out in the sea and also in the wave tank, of course, small issues to solve always. And then the second iteration uh, with the larger float also functioned fine, a small leakage in the valve, etc. no solved. 
And uh, we have got some nice grants, about 3 million from, uh, in total from Sweden and Europe. So now we are seven persons uh, full-time. Number eight is starting soon. But now we are looking for more funding, uh, also for the hybrid concept with the PVs on top. So we're looking for uh, about 10 million uh, euros over a period of a total of four years. So of course, getting the money is always an issue, uh, you know, not to lose uh, too much of your equity, uh, but also perhaps partnering is something we look for. Uh, large utility companies where we can solve their problem, uh, they should be interested in, in, in uh, working with us and also get exclusivity for their own market if they go along early on. So my plan now is, is going to, you know, very soon now start contacting the large utilities uh, in Europe, also oil and gas companies, uh, the latter ones, you know, BP, Shell, uh, Equinor, for instance, and then utility side, it's uh, NL, EDP, NG, and so forth, and see uh, if we can get them on the table. And if I may add to that one, the advantage will be that they have offshore experience, can work together on the development, they can have their own geographical, uh, let's say, uh, priority. Uh, for instance, someone wants to have the coastline of, uh, of Spain and Portugal. So, fine, you can have that for 15 years, if you like, with our system. Uh, and then we develop together. Uh, so it's kind of a trade. They get something, we get something. We're both winners. And Jan, what makes you optimistic about the future? Our numbers are quite different from uh, any other developer out there. We're also the most transparent company. It's all on the web page. Just Google uh, Novi Ocean, and you will see it. Documents page. You can read all the uh, the um, tests and simulations and the numbers, and you will see that there are reasons why we are optimistic when it comes to the output, which is multiple times higher than any other we have seen, and also in relation to the cost numbers. So given the, the need in the market for a solution to this uh, energy independence and energy security requirements and the need to also lower uh, the amount of fossils, which we all agree on, I think. And uh, then I think uh, since solving these problems, I think the future will look very bright going down in a few years. Uh, might be very surprising to many people who have been used to thinking wind and solar are the only ones. But uh, since we are different in timing uh, when it comes to the, you know, when you deliver power to the grid and also more power per sea area and also less material uh, in relation to wave power, it looks promising. I might mention that if you compare us to offshore wind, then our weight is about one half for the same output, number of parts is also one half. Combine that, as I mentioned before, with uh, one half the sea area used for the same output, then I would perhaps be brave and say that it looks like wave power and our solution could be a better solution than wind power over time. But of course, they have a lead since they've been in, in the market for many years, so it will take some time to get uh, up to the same numbers. But since we have lower weight, then over time, our cost will be lower, I think, than, than wind power. And combine that with more stable energy output, things might happen, which might surprise many people. 
Well, Jan, thank you for using your entrepreneurial drive and technological innovation to save the climate with wave energy. And thank you for joining this episode of Climate Changers. Thank you, Ryan. Nice to be with you. Every episode of Climate Changers has a call to action posted in the show notes. Each call to action has been curated to make it easy for you to help create the changes that we discussed today. Thank you for joining Climate Changers. Until next time.